to Core Community Covenant Church with Pastors Max and Trish. Join us as we learn more about the Word of God. In Acts chapter 2, where it talks about the fellowship of believers, it says every day they continue to meet in the temple courts. And it says they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So the part where we are at this point is the breaking bread in their homes. And it says here ate, but the word there is actually partaking. So it's sharing, participating. So we entitled this next section, Breaking and Partaking. Partaking is not a word that we use very often, but in general, it just means to share and to actively participate. Yeah. So the, that's going to lead us up to a lot of things. And we actually, we have a good word for the communion, but if after I share the communion now, it's going to kind of go go into our teaching. So I want to, be, before we take the communion, I want, I want to have the teaching so that way we can understand more about what the community is all about today. So when we talk about breaking and partaking, it's kind of one of those things where not only knowing the things, but let's do the things, you know? Um, we've been teaching a lot about discipleship, and we've been teaching a lot about uh, working, not working, I'm sorry, not just hearing the word, but being doers of the word, not just hoping for things, but actually having faith in it and living our lives in that faith. And so we didn't, we always, uh, then we always say like, well, so what? So we had a good teaching, we talked about it, but so what? What is next step? How can we uh, become more like Christ? How, how does this teaching has changed us? We said if there's no change, then... Then God, that the Spirit is not doing what He's supposed to be doing, then the teaching wasn't, at least for me, that means I didn't teach or, or whatever else. Like there should, there should be change happening in us through the Holy Spirit if we surrender to it and as we listen to it. Um, so when we're looking at this breaking and partaking, Trish and I were talking about, it's kind of, it's kind of bringing us into the, uh, and even in the, her prayer, which, which she shared is that, it brings us into this holistic faith, uh, Christian faith, where we cannot separate the Sunday from a Monday. Mm-hmm. We cannot put little compartments into our lives of when this is going to be, this is when we're going to be Christians and this is when we're not going to be mm-hmm. Christians. Uh, when I teach in health class, when, when I teach kids about uh, being healthy, what is a healthy person? Healthy person, sometimes people think healthy person is the physical part of it, being healthy, you know, don't cough, no, no sneeze, you know, all that stuff. But there's five components of, of a healthy person is, is the physical, of course, physical health, but then there's mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, and relational health. When the person has all five of those kind of at the right place, balanced, that's when they're a healthy person. They, they kind of need all five. And it's, it's a good thing to have all those five. But, uh, but for us, it, even like I really appreciated lo- looking at that, again, the scientists are not that smart. God, God, had, God had a better 
plan at the beginning. When we look at Luke 10, 27, and this is quoting, uh, Jesus quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5, and then adds uh, Leviticus nineteen eighteen to it. It says, he answered, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So he could, right here, Jesus kind of gives the five five things, right? Um, they break down into the five, five par, parts or aspects of of healthy thing. And I'm sorry, this is not Jesus. It's Jesus questioned the lawyer about what are the main things and the lawyer answers this. So I apologize to that. But he quotes the scripture from Deuteronomy and Leviticus that with your heart, your soul, with your strength and with your mind, and we can break that down as into, into emotional, uh, mental, spiritual, and now. Uh, Physical and, relational. Physical and relational. So we we have that. So so that 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 plan is not something new for us or, or for God that the sciences came out. God already had that in our in our design. But what we wanted to challenge more today is that the spiritual part has to be the way we have were designed originally has to be part of all those things. Because even in the in that scripture, I love your God with all your heart, and soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor and yourself, all of those things are for one purpose, and one purpose only is to honor God, to be closer to God, to have a relationship with God. So even though there there might have been five different compartments, there's still just one part, and it's it's the spiritual part of our relationship with God, right? Um, so that that is to to me that that's why I really wanted to focus on this today is because we really have this uh, trouble where we really do separate those things very much. Um, we have our head knowledge, but it's it does not have this knowledge where the Lord is 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 part of that. Uh, I was blessed in college. I remember one of my friends who I looked up to as a spiritual person, uh, somebody who was more mature than I was for sure, and they were studying biology. He, they were going to be a doctor. And I'm like, how do you, how can you fight this whole thing like you're studying biology and they talking about creation and all that stuff, not creation, uh, the evolution and stuff like that, but you're also a Christian. He's like, well, you know what? The more I study the biology, the more I see the creator. Like to me, it's even more. I see. So for, for for us, even in those little things, like when we start using intellect, we can't lose God in in that intellect as we're learning new things. Um, we need to focus on what where God is in those parts, in our emotional health, and our in our physical health, and everything like that. In our relational, there's a reason why He said, "Love your neighbor as yourself." He wanted to have that relational relational part of us. He knows that we need that relational part part in our lives to be healthy and to be complete as his creation. Right? So what does that look like to us? And are you in first Corinthians? I am. You are. Okay. So we're gonna we're what we're gonna start our teaching is in First Corinthians ten twenty three, if you guys wanna find that, because we're gonna be there for a little bit.
While you while you turn there, I just want to reiterate from from Acts chapter two. You know, we started off with the verse. Again, this is setting up the intro for the series of the next few weeks. And uh, two two things that I just want to point out. One is that this this five part component is there in Acts chapter two. Like first, they're engaging in the teach apostles' teaching, so that's their minds. Um, but then even here in the verses that I read today, it says they met together. Um, so there's that relational piece. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. So that's the physical. And it says with glad and sincere hearts. So there's that emotional component. Again, we're not, what, what God is looking for, we talked about this a few weeks ago, is that we're supposed to give our bodies as a living sacrifice, all of who we are. So we can't just worship God with, you know, a lot of times in church, it's like, oh, just give, give your heart to Jesus. Like, no, Jesus wants all of you. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, and some of us, it's, you know, we, we have a faith that's very much head knowledge, right? We have all this, this theological knowledge that's in our minds and we want to study the word and we, we keep God in our minds. Um, and there's certain parts of like the physical, you know, that that's over there. That's not really part of my spirituality or uh, me, emotions. Emotions are bad, right? I mean, we, we've unpacked some of this over the last year to realize that's not how God made us. Like he, he created us intentionally with these different facets and he wants all of who we are. Mm-hmm. He can handle your anger. He can handle your grief. He can handle it all. And he designed you. Those things are actually boundary markers um, that that God put in place for a reason that if you start to get angry or anxious or that there's a situation, something is going on. Now, obviously with trauma, we know those things need healing, which we're going to get into a little bit as we as we get into the word today. But I wanted to, to point out that even in this in the initial founding text of Acts, you see this holistic approach to faith. So often in church, we, we even compartmentalize, you know, the worship time speaks to your heart and we, we allow our emotions, you know, sometimes we cry or we get excited and we allow this emotional, maybe we even get a little physical and we dance and, oh no, you lifted your hands, you know, wild, don't go too crazy. You know, the, the two handed, what was that that you sent Mario with the, the different, the goal posts and the different poses. But, and then, and then it stops, right? And it's almost like it's compartmentalized right there. And then it's like, then it's the sermon. And now the sermon, you're supposed to sit really still and you're supposed to just quietly listen and receive. And it's like speaking to your mind, right? And then maybe at the end in some churches, there's an altar call or there's some sort of time to integrate and have an emotional response. So even in the way that we do worship services traditionally, it doesn't facilitate this holistic formation where you're engaging and you're... I mean, you're feeling everything uh, that as you worship, you could stand, you could kneel, you could, you know, as the, as the word is happening, you could raise your hand and ask a question, you could cry, you know, this is more of where we want to go as a community. Obviously, there needs to be order. We don't want people like falling out and dancing in the middle of, you know, uh, when we're trying to have service. But that, that's something that this holistic approach to Christian, Christian formation, that we don't just have these compartments. And it starts with our time on Sundays, but like he mentioned, it does trickle through the rest of the week. Because if, if we treat our faith like that, then it's like, okay, well, I get up in the morning and I have my quiet and devotion time where I have prayer and worship. Then I get into the car and I leave Jesus and my Bible on the desk at home. And in the car, I'm a different person, right? Mm-hmm. This, it's like that stereotype where the, the parents are fighting and screaming at the kids before they come into church because they're mad they're going to be late for worship. So we don't want to have that sort of Christian formation. We want that your whole life, from the minute you wake up, you realize it's a gift and, and your spirituality is integrated 
with what you eat, what you wear, what you drink. And that's what brings us to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So I'll read, uh, we're going to just, we're not going to read all these verses, but I'll start with verse 23. It says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And for me, this is a really important place to start because we're going to look a lot today at God's word and the law that God created and how, how Christ did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, right? The law is there as a guide, and there are certain things that, that we should meditate and integrate the law, the word of God, into our daily lives. So in Christ, we know that the old law is gone, right? And we're saved by grace. So everything is permissible. We're not trying to recreate legalism here. We don't want check boxes. We don't want lists. We don't want you to be clocking in and clocking out as a Christian. But at the same time, it's cushioned with everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And a sign of true spiritual maturity is when you come to it, not because the church is making you or your parents are making you, but you're coming to it on your own and saying, you know what? I know I can do that, but I don't want to because it doesn't really benefit my Christian walk in any way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really draw me closer to the Lord. And I don't have time. I don't have enough time in the day for stuff that's just going to be a distraction. Because remember, we're running that race in such a way as to win the prize. Yes, we know we're saved by grace and it's a gift. But we want those, you know, those crowns that we can lay before him. We want to persevere. Uh, you know, we want to have the full fruit of the spirit that God intended to be manifest in us. We don't want anything less than the fullness of what God would have. So it says everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. And then we'll skip ahead. So it says here in verse 31, whatever, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And verse 32 says, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jew, Greek, or the church of God, as we try to please everybody in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So again, coming back to this idea that Christian discipleship, right? That's the heart of what we want with CORE is discipleship, that we want to move towards maturity, is to understand that your spirituality is not just how much you pray or how many times you've read your Bible, but it's that your spirituality influences everything about who you are. What you eat, what you wear, where you go, how you spend your time, your entire life, Christ should be at the center of it all. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a good song about that. There is a really good song about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think I, it's a, it's a ch- I feel like sometimes it's a challenge, a challenge and statement that everything that we do is we do it onto the Lord and everything we do it is in his strength and in his wisdom and in his mindset that we want to do everything do everything in his name and that but if we're looking at our end goal what will we surrender here on earth so that way we can be more like him is way more beneficial than what we um the what we're putting down it's, it's kind of one of those things to be like oh man i have to work like unto the lord with grace and peace and mercy and everything else 
like no that's that's a beneficial for you there there's never a time where it's gonna be not beneficial i remember when i accept, when i accepted christ i stopped drinking I, I stopped smoking i stopped having inappropriate relationships the, i stopped there was a lot of things i put down before the lord and i remember my my mother confronting me about me becoming a christian and i was like look of look where I'm at, I'm a better person. She's like, ah, I would rather you be what you were, but just not a Christian, you know. And you reflect on that. It's not bad things. Like what God is asking for us is not bad things. Those all those things are beneficial for for us, you know. Like when we're talking about the those different parts of who we are, you know, having a being physically healthy it's not a bad thing for us to be healthy it's right. not a bad thing for us to have a healthy emotional or mental state that's not a bad thing but but we're saying that that's what we want to do we want to be that that vessel that God can use um, for for him and then the the great thing is about that it is by a choice, and it's it's when, when it's by choice that we do that. That's not when, because we have to. We yeah, get to. Yeah, we get to do that. That that's such does such a huge benefit, and it shows that that evangelizes to others. That shows the the true Christianity. That shows it through who Christ really is in our lives is when we when we're able to do that. Not because you have to. Even a, a simple stuff again. Like, oh, you don't you don't smoke because you're a Christian. It's like no, it's just. I don't want to I don't mm-hmm. think you know it's just a little thing like that you know what I mean uh, and there's there could be so many other things that, that, that we can do but you know right and one of the big things you know we talked about this when we were visiting that church earlier today with core is that you know it's tricky because we don't we don't want to veer towards legalism and everyone has some different convictions you know we were just talking about this the other day uh, that you know is it okay for someone to have, you know, if they have anxiety to have a half a glass of wine before they go to bed? Or there's no scripture that says there's anything wrong with that, you know? And some people might be like, oh, but no, like that's just, you know. And it's like, but but you're popping Xanax. Like, the, how is that? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like before we cast stones here, like we have to see that our sometimes our plumb line is a little crooked, right? So which is technically healthier for you? Some prescription drug that has, you know, a ton of possible side effects or a few sips of wine that might just calm down your nerves and allow you to sleep. I'm not advocating for one way or the other. I'm just saying we, as part of core, what we want you to do is to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and know that things are permissible, but to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the most beneficial for you in this season and make a choice out of conviction, not because the church is telling you, not because your parents told you. Is this, is this making sense where where we're going with this? So, so that's what we're saying. So we're not we're not placing a judgment on one or the other. Um, we're saying that that we have to have this conviction, and that the law is good, right? The law, Scripture teaches us, shows us that's how we first knew that sin existed. If there was no law, we wouldn't know that, that we were sinning. We would just keep keep doing what we were doing, right? We wouldn't have any idea how evil we really were. So in in Deuteronomy, you know, he quoted earlier from Luke this verse. 
Um, this is how we first, first started our, our times together was love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. But it goes on in verse 6 to say, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and mm-hmm. bind them to your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And I just think it's so important because what, what we don't, we have to understand that we have to take the word of God with us. We can't spend a few minutes listening to a sermon or reading a devotion and then walk away. We're supposed to be meditating and reflecting so that the word of God changes us, not 15 minutes a day. You know, there's all those workouts that are like, just 15 minutes a day and you'll have a completely new you, right? That's not how it works. Like, I've been walking with the Lord 30 years and I still have a long way to go. So scripture tells us to to bind it to your forehead, like strap it, do whatever you have to do, like stick a post-it note on your forehead, whatever it takes to understand that this transfer, like in your nature, in your flesh, you will stray from God. Your, your, the way that we're wired, we're in a fallen and broken world. We will not walk in the right way unless we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and we're meditating on his word when we get up and when we lie down in conversation as we share meals all the time, not just for a few minutes here or there. Yeah, and I like, it, this has kind of hit me about the talk, talk about it. You said talk about it. When you walk, when you sit, uh, when you sit down to eat, and, and uh, all that parts. I think we think about the scripture a lot. It says, talk about when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And it, just the, the part about just speaking. Because I realized that while I'm thinking, I can do 10 other different things. I could be watching TV and thinking about something else and everything else. But when I speak, it's really hard for me to speak and also think about something at the same time because I actually have to, once in a while, I actually think as I speak. You know, so, <laughs> so that part about it is, is very interesting. And the, the, the interesting part is that this is something that when I went to visit the, the church from today, the pastor taught me that. He was like, all right. He was like, all right, count down from 10 to, 10 to 1. And people started counting down in their heads. And then he's like, all right, and then say your name out loud. And people said their name out loud. I was like, did you keep, keep on counting down in your head? Or did you have to stop because you had to pause and say your name? It's like the thought stops when you start speaking. So when we're walking around with all these things in our, on our mind, the negative parts of, of our day or the things that we worry about and now all of a sudden we start speaking the word of God, there's really a lot of power into that because it's, it, it does change um, the situation. You know, that, that challenged me to, because yeah, I pray a lot, but a lot of it is in my head. But when I start actually speaking, speaking the prayer, it becomes more in front of me. Than just in the back of my head while I'm listening to music or watching Netflix or I'm like talking, um, somebody's talking to me and I'm praying for for the, like it becomes something different. So and it becomes a physical act. So it's not just it's connecting your mind yeah, to your body. Yeah, it's not just in in my head, kind of in the background, but it's actually for in the forefront. So the that was just a wonderful thing about that, and then. When we go into the next part in Proverbs, Proverbs 3 through 6, 
these are these are famous proverbs that we talk about. But normally they do uh, five and six, but we wanted to uh, start at verse three, uh, three three. It says, "Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man." And that says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding." And this is a big one. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So we want to trust in the Lord and we want him to direct our paths. We want to know God's will. But we don't want to go back to verse 3. And it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind it around your neck and write it on the tablet of your heart. So if you, if you spend time in communion with God and you have that relationship with the Holy Spirit and you learn the Holy Spirit's voice, then you can, as you go about your day, you will be able to hear over all of the noise. Uh, but we want to skip. We're like, Lord, just show me your will. Just you know, tell, me, tell me what your plan is for, you know, for my life. And he's like, I just want you to be with me like right now. Could you just, just stop for a minute? And, and praying out loud, it actually, it's, again, this holistic Christian formation. That is one little just sidebar tool that... If in your prayer time you find that you are either dozing off or it's hard to focus because your mind is wandering, to start to discipline yourself to pray out loud because it does connect your body and your brain and you will be able to focus more and stay more awake and be aware of what you're actually praying. And I, For those of you, I know we started, we talked about this about a year ago, so some of you may have already been doing it, but I have found sometimes when I pray out loud, stuff comes out that I'm like, I didn't even know that was in there. And when it's a thought, it just comes and goes so quickly. But when you actually hear yourself, yeah. Yeah. Um, it becomes so real, right? It's, it just it hits differently. Um, something about when the spoken word and then hearing it, uh, there's something very healing about that. But that is one tool of what we're talking about here, that we want to connect um, the mind, the heart, the relational, all of these facets. God does not just want, you know, just your heart or just your mind or just your spirit. He wants all of who you are in an integrated way. Yeah, if we, in verse 6, if we want the second half that he will make our path straight, we need the first half is that we need to acknowledge him in all our ways. In all So when as, as we're doing the things that we do through the day, you know, it's it's a little check for us, even, even to keep each other accountable as we like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I was like, did you acknowledge God in this? Is God is actually in this? Or is it just something that you want to do? Right? That, that, that's, that's a check. That's definitely a check for me when I'm trying to do something. Like with Trish and my tattoos, of course. She's like, do you acknowledge God in all this? I was like, it says Jesus on. So, yes. <laughs> no, but but you know what I mean. It's, it's so that gives gives us another practical ways of seeing: Are we putting God in in the situations that we do? Are we acknowledging God in the way we parent? Is acknowledge God the way we are friending each other? We're acknowledging in our ways we tithe, in the ways we worship, in the ways, or is this just a song, right? Or are we acknowledging who we singing to? Right, mm-hmm. so, so we need to. He needs to be with us at all time. We need His law. We need Him in our lives at all times. Right. So Psalm one nineteen. I would encourage you all just at some point during the week 
maybe on a daily basis, it is the longest psalm. But to just spend some time, Psalm 119 goes, it's, a, it's an acrostic, I think that's the right word, where it's every letter of the alphabet. Was that acrostic? Okay. So it's the longest psalm. Uh, each, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a section, but it's all about the law of God and how it brings order to our lives and how much David, who wrote this, loved God's word. And I remember reading this as, as well, I was about Micah's age, and I just thought it was such a weird, like, man, he's just going on and on and on about how he loves the law and he loves the mm-hmm. word. And I, something struck me at that point, though, where I said, that's weird, because this seems like really dry, boring stuff. Like, it's this ancient scroll. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it have to do? Like, but if he felt that way, and I had heard, you know, the story of David. I mean, just real simple faith. I had heard the story of David and Goliath and that David was a man after God's heart. And I, I wanted to love the Lord. So I was like, Lord, then help me to develop a love for your word, the way that David loved your word. And I mean, he did. <laughs> he definitely did. And I, it started, my love for God's word actually started with Psalm 119. And if you can sit with Psalm 119 and just marinate on those verses, you know, there may be a verse here, a verse there. Uh, but some some famous verses that you may have heard are from Psalm 119. So Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if you want to keep your way pure, if you want to walk in the way of God, you take his scripture and you hide it in your heart, that you marinate on it and you soak it up and you keep it in your heart. Um, there's, there's a ton of them, but for the sake of time, we, again, I just encourage you to read through and, and maybe read a section every day or read through the whole psalm every day this week just to challenge yourself. But Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Now, again, just reiterating, there is this connection that as we connect in the spiritual, the word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So there is this serious connection through all of scripture between the body and your spiritual formation between your physical self and your spiritual formation. It was a Greek idea that the physical body is evil and should be destroyed and it's some sort of prison that that finally when we die, our souls are free from this cage that is our bodies. That's not a biblical concept. The biblical concept is that our bodies were made in the image of the creator. Our bodies are a vessel. They are a tool that God has given us to steward it's not even our own it's Mm -hmm. on loan because it's the image of god it's not ourselves he lends us a body to be able to walk and talk and and have an effect on this planet um and it's on loan made in the image of god and so the body the physical body is very sacred so when you look at ancient jewish and even early christian practice burial customs um hygiene customs all of these things had a very sacred nature because the body was not seen as this dirty, sinful flesh that was meant to be shed off. You were meant to care for your physical body, physical, emotional, mental, all of these things, because it was a gift from God. Your body is a gift from God. Yeah. The First Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We, we were 
and it's not one of those things where it's just kind of like, all right, um, don't put tattoos on because it's your temple. Right? We, 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 make, we make it as little as that. But it's, it's so much more. It's this holistic thing that God made, made into to worship him, to give him glory. Again, when we're talking about he uses the word temple, if we're looking at the temple that Solomon was made, right, that, that built for God and his presence dwelt in there and there was time of worship and a time of sacrifice and time of, of, of um, what is it? Uh, yeah, there was time of fellowship. I'm sorry. Uh, there were so many things that were happening in the temple. The temple was was considered to be the holiest place. And there was holies of holies in there. And the people came there to see God and everything else. And now we are that temple of God because of the Holy Spirit that is now in us. Right At that, at that point, only the temple had the presence. But now we're walking around with that temple. And we can be used... For God, just like the temple we used for God, so that we need to understand: that we're not our own; we're made for God, for Him to to give glory and honor. And we kind of hold on to it, and then we mistreat it, and and that's the the sad part uh, about it is we neglect our bodies, our emotional, our mental, our physical uh, health, uh, our spiritual health. We, we don't take care of that, and we don't realize that that. That I didn't read the First Corinthians chapter three. It's uh, in verse chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen. It says, "Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple, and that God's spirit lives in you?" And it says, "If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy them, for God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple." And sadly, we are the ones that destroy this temple yeah. that that God has given us. He's like, I want to use you. And you're like, well, you know what? Because I overworked myself, because I, I didn't take care of myself, because I've been putting junk in myself, because of whatever, all those things. God, honestly, I'm not going to be able to be used right now. Can he use the weak and the broken? Absolutely. But there's so many times we do it onto ourselves where we're like, I'm just too tired, God. Well, go talk to I don't want to. Is that's not where I'm at. And when we have, the good thing is, is and when we are, health, sadly, when we are more healthy in ourselves and our body is more healthy in all those aspects, we are more willing to be used by God. Because when we're broken a lot of times, we don't want to be used by God, and we don't. We're like, we're, I'm so broken, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go speak to the person. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that because we feel so low to ourselves. So it's like God is not gonna use me, mm-hmm. you know. But when we are in a better place, we not not that God wouldn't use us in the low place. We don't want to be used when we're in a low place. But when right. we're in a higher place and feel better about ourselves, right? You know, then now we're gonna use it. You know. But is it really about God in that time, <laughs> yeah. or is it you, you know? You know, all of a sudden, like, well, I'm a, pa- I'm a pastor. Well, I need to lose some weight. I need to put a get a wig going. You know, I need to wear, buy a better suit, and I need to smile better and do get braces and all that stuff because oh then God will use me more because I'll be prettier. You know, you're so pretty. <laughs> Thank you. I want to be pretty. <laughs> but but we we do that to to God's temple, and then we're not being used not because He can't use the brokenness because we don't want we don't want to be used. Right. We look so low to ourselves. We're like, no. Right. So we go to these extremes because 
the the body is a vessel that's been you know made in the image of God, but we don't want to worship that vessel either, right? Like the Greeks and the Romans, they they believed like the how do you say it? Adonis or whatever they oh, they wanted to be, you know, sculpted like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all this. And and we do the same in modern culture. It's like we look at these models and we feel we have to look and act a certain way in order for people to hear us or to be an influencer mm-hmm. and and all of that. And that's that's not the godly model, and that's not caring for yourself either. That's, uh, I mean, that gets to the point at some places where they're even mutilating themselves to, to follow a certain image, to realize that you are sacredly made in the image of God as you are the vessel that God gave you, mm-hmm. not to change it and morph it into something that it's not, but also not to just handle it loosely um, as if it's invaluable because, well, it's all going to just decay and die anyway. That's That's not... The body God has given you, although sometimes it may feel like it's at war against you, is a gift. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to, just a really simple illustration, because it's probably super familiar to all of us, is that our bodies, right, are a vessel. And just like this cup is a vessel and this cup is a vessel, God gives us a body. And, you know, some of us are short and stout and some of us are a little more fancy. Um, we don't get to choose the vessel, right, that we are given, it, it just, it, we get what we get, right? And we don't throw and a lot up. of times we spend so much time caught up looking at the vessel being like, oh, I wish that I looked like that or I wish I had that or I wish. And, and God is like, use the vessel I gave you. Mm-hmm. So by itself, right, this is just a glass. And in all honesty, it doesn't really do much of anything. It just sits there. It's, it just sits and looks pretty, right? But Jose, will you take this and go fill this up? I know, I'm going to oh, totally disrupt sleeping. your life. She'll be fine. She'll I'm fall back asleep in 90 seconds. Oh. She's like, how dare you? <laughs> she would just snuggle all day. So the part that I want you to notice is, first of all, in our spiritual walk, when we're empty, he can handle that cup any kind of way, right? As he walks over to the sink, he can turn it, twist it. He can be real careless with it. But he makes the effort to come to the Lord, to come to the fountain, to be filled up. And once he's filled with the spirit, right? The water represents the living water, the Holy Spirit. Now it's no longer a cup, but most of us would say it's a glass of water, right? So it actually changes what it is. It's no longer just a glass or just a cup. It's a cup of water. And so you're no longer just a person. You are a temple of the living God. And once you're filled with the spirit, you have to walk differently, right? You can't be jostling it around like you used to, or it's going to spill all over the place, right? You have to be careful. And then the other thing is, is that depending on the vessel, you have a lot of choices, right? God has given you freedom. The water that's inside of you, the gift that's inside can serve a lot of different purposes. You could use it to, if you're thirsty, you could drink. You could use it to water a plant. You could use it to cook, right? There's probably a million and one things you could use it to clean put you could use it, it you could use flowers. it as a vase to yeah put flowers in it so and and every time you know maybe in a different season like right now if you're thirsty you drink it right yeah. then you have to go back and you have to allow the lord to fill you up again and he'll have to you'll have different seasons where he has to clean you out just like a vessel so what he used you for and what he did with you 10 years ago might be different than what he's doing with you now. And so you may need to empty yourself and be cleansed in a new way where you're like, man, I thought I was over this, but it's because he's trying to do something new in you. 
Your physical self matters just as much as your heart and your mind and your spirit. And God is working on all of who you are. Thank you. You didn't have to stand the whole time. You made a great illustration. Feel free to drink it if you want. So it's just a simple illustration of that our bodies are like that cup. It's like that vessel. And, and what gives us the value is the living water that's inside of us. And the freedom that we have, as long as we're doing something productive with the Holy Spirit and following his lead, then it, we're not tied to, to doing one specific, you know, your purpose-driven life. But it may change over time. He, we want to be flexible and allow him to use us a hundred different ways. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah, and that and that's uh, and that that teaching kind of leads to the communion right before uh, before we have it. It's the same thing as we look at the uh, at the bread as the body of Christ. He, he was used for many things, right? He was just a vessel. Uh, as when Jesus Christ came down, he was just a vessel. That body was just a vessel to bring God to the people. Yeah. He he was that's he took his body vessel and then what was inside of it the Holy Spirit the 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 blood that that is him he chose to use that to pour out onto the cross for our sins and for, for and for forgiveness of our sins so he took what God has given him and fully used it for God's glory and we have the same opportunity to do the same we have the same vessel as he had as a, a human body. And when we are filled with the same Holy Spirit as he was, we get a chance to serve God, following his will, fully poured out onto you. <laughs> he says, this blood poured out for you. So that, that's our challenge. That's where we look. And again, it's not that we're making stuff up or anything. That Christ was the one. He gave us the example. It's not that we're trying to do something new. He has given us example that we see each and every time we have the communion. It's the broken body. It's the pour, pouring out of the, of the blood and pouring out of the spirit and everything that we are. Right. And by his stripes, we are healed. So he was broken mm-hmm. that we could be put back together, that we could be made whole. Yeah. All five facets, heart, mind, soul, spirit. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, we were talking about that, about, you know, so a lot of times we're like, we're the broken vessel and everything else. But, but the, the great thing about it, about God and about the Holy Spirit, that he, he comes in into our lives and he heals those cracks. He fills those cracks up where we were broken, that where we were hurting, that where things were leaking out and we didn't know what to do with it. And this is, as we come, as we come in and we see that God is doing great things in us. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to God. Know you are loved and covered in prayer.